Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Before we get to the business at hand, my brother and sister Floridians, go get some gas right now, right now, because today is the last day without the taxes on the gas. Tomorrow those taxes kick back in, and I heard it's going to be like another 25 cents or something like that. I don't know what it is, but today is going to be better than tomorrow, we think, with regards to the gas. So go get gas. Anyway, yes, in just over a week, we have our election coming up, and we have issues that we want to address. And, um, you know, I've brought on uh, Attorney Nadine Brown uh, before to talk about some of her concerns, and I have one of our favorites back to talk about some of his concerns, and he's going to update us on some stuff that he's working on, too. Mr. Attorney Kevin Anderson, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm okay. How are you doing? Okay. Wow. Ooh. Okay. I'm 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 okay too. I think I'm better than okay. I'm tired, but I think I'm better okay. But you're okay, and well, as long as you're okay, then that's okay. So, what's going on? Yeah, I'm doing doing well. Just uh, had a little uh, hoarseness there, but <clears throat> we're working through it, and I'll be fine. So. Uh, thank you for inviting me to the show. It's been uh, a couple of weeks or so since we've uh, last been on the show, but, but I'm ready to, to do our thing. Um, All right. Thanks also for that update regarding the gasoline. I, I didn't know about that, but I'm certainly going to go fill up the tank or a few tanks uh, when we get off the, the air here. <laughs> um, yes. Sure, yes. sure. Um, but as you so uh, astutely stated, uh, we have an election coming up. And uh, it's a midterm. Uh, it's important because the midterm serves as the foundation for a greater general that will be coming up uh, after the fact. And uh, mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes people give the midterm as much importance as uh, I think that they should. And then they mm-hmm. wind up in a predicament uh, that they don't want to be in, and they ask themselves or each other, like, well, where did this come from? You know, how, how did we get here? Um, and we get to the destination because of little stops in between during our travels. This is one mm-hmm. of the stops. So yeah. uh, where do we begin? Talk to me. I'm letting you take the wheel right now because I know there's one thing in particular that you kind of want to talk around, sort of. Okay. And that thing would be the recent uh, flurry of arrest in Florida for uh, people who return to our societies 
i.e. the community, after mm-hmm. being convicted of certain felony offenses. Uh, there's some history. In Florida, we had something known as Amendment 4, which was the authorization uh, to allow individuals who had been convicted of certain felony offenses, with the exception of murder and sexual battery, and who had completed their sentences and paid off all of the fines and court costs and any financial obligations with respect to restitution uh, that might have uh, been due and owing. Those individuals would be allowed to participate in elections. Well, Mm -hmm. what happened was that the uh, governor of Florida established uh, an agency known as the Office of Election Crimes and Security. And this office empowered certain law enforcement agents to uh, seek the arrest of individuals who uh, may have been in violation of some of the um, patients placed on those individuals, uh, at least the facial limitations that were placed on these individuals, because uh, some of the arrestees were, in fact, okay to vote. Some Mm -hmm. may not have been. Therein lies the controversy. Those who facially were not okay to vote. What happened was that several citizens applied to the supervisors of elections in their respective counties to vote, and uh, ultimately those uh, supervisors of election, uh, they processed those applications and sent them, you know, up the chain and received authorization that was in turn passed along to the citizens who might not have been eligible to vote. Um, these recipients received voter registration cards and all the typical stuff that people who um, had not been convicted of felonies received, so therefore they voted. And um, they believed, and and mistakenly so, that they had been given the go-ahead to vote at the ballots or through early mails or uh, by any means that – has been afforded to the Florida citizens. So, you know, this caused them to be arrested for voter fraud uh, and other related offenses and has just uh, created an uproar here in Florida regarding uh, the the legitimacy of those arrests. Um, Our office, in uh, full transparency, has undertaken some litigation in this regard Uh, because um, we just certainly uh, don't think it was uh, fair uh, to put these people in that position. Uh, If they were not eligible to vote, then they should not have been given the authority to do so. And certainly, if uh, they voted and it was inappropriate, uh, they they should not be arrested, because the statute requires a willful intent to defraud the voting process in order for there to be a crime. Um, So um, that is a big deal here in Florida. Uh, And, in fact, uh, on uh, the 21st of of October, uh, there was an order uh, coming out of the the Miami area dismissing charges uh, against 19 people in this predicament. Uh, And the basis for dismissal was that the statewide prosecutor's office 
exceeded their jurisdiction. The jurisdiction of a statewide prosecutor could only be invoked where the crime occurred over more than one jurisdiction. And these voting cases arise from and happen in respective counties, one county. So those 19 cases are gone. I'm not saying that there won't be an appeal. I'm not saying that there won't be jeopardy issues that we have to deal with. But nonetheless, uh, that's what's happening. So um, talk to me. And what's the name of this thing again? This this <laughs> this commission that or whatever it's called that he established. Oh, it's okay. just sure. Go go ahead. The, the name of the, the agency is the Office of Election Crimes and Security. I don't know. It, yep. To me, when you said it the first time, it just I, – I went back, like, I want to say 60 years to the 1960s. It just sounds like one of those made-up agencies for the deliberate um, – uh, let's say exclusion of, of people that they would rather not have vote. If, if I can, it, you know. It, it is. It, this is a suppression yeah. technique in order to, number one, stop individuals from uh, participating in the uh, electoral process. Number two, to intimidate people who mm-hmm. kind of think, you know, I think I'm good, but maybe I'm not. So, therefore, I just won't vote at all. So, you know, it, it, you know this is a, a, a – I call it – the weaponizing of uh, the law in order to prevent people from voting. And this mm-hmm. is a problem, and we don't think it's going to be around. But for right now, it's having an impact. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's having a major impact because we, over a million people were returned to the voter rolls during the mm-hmm. 2020 election. Uh, I believe it was over a million. So that is a concern for certain people in politics, Mm -hmm. and they want to alleviate those concerns by intimidating potential voters or arresting voters who uh, are going to be voters in the next election coming up. And that is what I believe the strategy is. So um, there are a number of lawyers, including uh, my office and some some other uh, outside committees or or offices that have undertaken uh, the defense of these folks and uh, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that uh, justice um, is served appropriately on their behalf. And uh, the agency that I've, I've been working with, um, because I, 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 I believe that they're okay with me telling uh, the listeners who it is, is the Florida Restitution Rights Commission, a coalition, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the Florida Restitution Rights Coalition. And, and they're based out of Orlando, actually. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, you can, if you've been paying attention, you can definitely tell that there's some sort of change going on because me who have been work, I've been working almost 20 years off and on uh, with the um, elections. And usually now one of the things that that happened is if you were working the polls, you automatically got sent a a mail-in ballot. Okay, this time, whether you were working them or not, you had to request it. So, so I and I, I found out about about that almost at the last minute. They didn't tell any of us. So, um, and then 
on top of that, uh, this time, even I'm not, I'm not working election day. I'm, I'm uh, going to be with a friend of mine, but um, this time, I had to ask for it for the general election, and I was like, "Well, wait a minute. I thought if you asked for your ballot for the elections for that year, because one of the things I saw was uh, the request or something was supposed to be good until the end of the year." Now that's another thing. Is like so. So in two more years, I guess I have to request ballot or ballots again, whether or not I'm working the polls. So and I haven't had to really do. I haven't had to do a lot of this. Um, I, I want to say since I got married. You know, there was a whole name change thing and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I'm just you know it, it is kind of you've got to kind of pay attention. The other thing that's bothering me too, though right now. Um, one of the things that, and I'm, you know, I wish I was wrong, and I'm hoping maybe that I'm, I'm off, but at the same time, it's just disturbing. I, my understanding is that, at least in Orange County, 21%, only 21% of eligible voters voted. And then yeah. In, yeah. in minority communities, particularly the African-American communities, I think they said 9%. We okay. have always had that problem in our community. We show up for the generals uh, in the presidential elections, uh, gubernatorial elections. Um, you know, I think we had a pretty good show up uh, when uh, Governor DeSantis was uh, running against uh, Andrew Gillum, um, and I, uh-huh. I suspect that that was primarily because Andrew Gillum was on the uh, on the ballot. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, brown and black people wanted to see him succeed. And therefore, mm-hmm. uh, there were people, uh, large communities who came out to support him and to ensure that uh, individuals voted because they wanted him in office. Um, that was a pretty good turnout. But historically, the midterms mm-hmm. do not uh, show a very good turnout amongst uh, black and brown folks in, in the communities. Well, now, and we, should, we should be ashamed of ourselves. We, we really should. Our... our uh, <laughs> our family members, that our predecessors, hooped and hollered and marched and all kinds of stuff uh, to get these rights for us. The ones that we, same ones that we're still battling to to keep now, that we're battling to to um, not have manipulated. Um, but we won't, we won't go. And the thing that you just, something that you just said too, was that uh, things that they put in place that make it to the point that said that tell us, well, if this is happening, then, you know, I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to go. We should not be giving up that easy. That's, that is not right. You know, just because, I mean, just because it looks like it's going to be a little bit more difficult or it's another hoop to go through, go through the doggone hoop, jump through the hoop. Because if you don't, and you don't make your vote count, then when people start manipulating the system and putting these agencies in place, you won't have anything to say about it. I agree. I agree. Uh, you yeah. know, there came a point, you know, we, where in the uh, uh, iconic civil rights movement involving Dr. King, uh, where there was a decision made regarding uh, whether going to jail uh, would be a deliberate strategy in order to um, advance the civil rights movement. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a difficult discussion. It was a difficult decision yeah. 
that was ultimately made. And and you're saying that, you know, folks should be willing to, to go the long haul and should be willing to kind of take one on the chin and to don't be discouraged. But we are because no one wants pain. No one wants to jeopardize their liberty uh, when it comes that's, to something that, that they just simply don't have to do, even though we believe true. that it's important. Okay, but that's, that's true. But we're not asking – this is the thing. We're not asking people to go to jail. We're not asking anybody to march. We're just asking you, to, you know, go make sure your information is correct on the paperwork. Make sure you show up on Election Day. You know, if the paper, if the information isn't correct, then just go and make and co- get it corrected. It's not as hard as it was when we were fighting for our right to vote. We we know the the things that's and that's what I'm saying. We're not asking you to do all of the the intensive labor that was already done. That is done. So just reap the benefits of it and go and, and take your butt to vote to, to to the polls to vote. Well, let's let's look at it from the perspective of a returning citizen. Um, you are asking them to put themselves in that position from their perspective, because these are people who've done time. These are people right. who already have tasted the, the the whip on their backs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And like for you and me, yeah, it's cool. We could say, ah, oh, yeah, go ahead and do it, man. Go ahead. But for them, it's like, well, hold on, man. I've already walked down that road. Man, I don't know if I want to go through this again because they are arresting people. And I'm kind of in that category. And, yeah, they could be wrong, but I don't have Mr. Anderson who's going to represent me uh, pro bono. Or uh, I don't have, like, you know, the if I get arrested and I sit in jail for, like, a month, two months, three months. Um, you know, I have a family. I've got, like, a, a job that I was finally able to get. Um, you know, and it, so that is what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to bring home that this is okay. intimidation for that person. This is, for that mm-hmm. person, a, a suppression or a chilling effect that causes them mm-hmm. to, to look at their, their children when they're sleeping and to look at their wife as, or their husband before they walk out of the door and to say, you know what, I'm not willing to jeopardize this because I worked hard to come back. If you can understand what I'm saying, mm-hmm. uh, G, you know, and that, that's, why the, that's why you have the Office of Election Crimes and Security. Uh, okay. I, I, I do kind of understand. I do also think that there is some value in, in sacrifice, okay? Um, what you, you, yes, you, you know, the, you want the easy way, you want the comfortable way, and, you know, and you want what you think you deserve and earn. But at the same time, maybe, you know, there's some sacrifices, and, and okay, maybe you may not, may not be the one to do it, but maybe we, there's somebody out there that needs to make the sacrifice so the kids can look up and say, hey, you know, my mom or my dad, you know, made, made a sacrifice for, you know, the greater good, you know. I, I want to be that type of person. I don't know. But, I, you know, I, I will be glad when, and I don't know when it's going to happen, but I, I will be glad when um, – People start stop trying to, you know, be. I don't want to say partisan, but you know, because it, it, it's not necessarily partisan as much as I think it is. Uh, people who feel like there's a limited amount of the goodies, 
And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that the restrictions are there so I can make sure that I still have the goodies and and some other people may not get them, but I'm fine with that. We've got to start looking out. And, and, you know, I've heard the term before that I've been told, maybe, you know, you sound like a socialist. No, I'm not. I I think I sound like, you know, uh, someone that's trying to be a little bit more Christian-like and try to go by, Mm -hmm. you know, God's Mm -hmm. rules versus some of those other rules that we got here that – that don't work for everybody in the right way. So that's just me. But anyway. I want to kind of get a little bit more into are there other issues that when we are making our choices for candidates, what what are key what what should our key focus be in terms of when, when we're making that choice? Well, I can speak to, uh, I call them red issues and, and black issues. Um, my, my red issues are things that um, don't involve my particular practice and what I think um, I should be um, addressing uh, from a professional mm-hmm. uh, standpoint, even though I certainly engage in those discussions with my colleagues and, and can do so, you know, at, at in any given point, um, the red issues, um, are things like you know, education, uh, the economy, um, labor, uh, affordable housing, uh, things like national security. Th- th- those are those are the red issues that are out there. Even abortion. Uh, that's th- those are red issues that that are again that are out there. They're out of my wheelhouse in terms of being able to to give someone. Uh, professional advice or uh, to, uh, I uh, believe, uh, comment uh, publicly about that. But uh, my mm-hmm. black issues are uh, things that are in my wheelhouse, and um, and I'll tell you. Uh, but for openers, let me just let me just kind of kind of give you give you the uh, the preamble. Um, <laughs> yeah, you 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 have to look at the candidate differently. Uh, and you have to be honest about um, you have to decide what you're looking for in that candidate. Uh, you know, you, you can't um, just kind of allow the candidate to bring to you what their platform consists of. Uh, you have to know what it is that you want that candidate to consist of. Um, mm-hmm. And you need to take some time to find out a little bit about that candidate. Uh, so many times people will go to the polls and, and they'll vote on, uh, for a, a, an individual or an, in, or a, a, an idea that is mm-hmm. catchy, they, they've seen it before, they've been at a stoplight and they see this sign that's, you know, you know, stuck in the mud, and they go, oh, yeah, I remember that guy, Davis. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And they just go with Davis because, you know, the next person or the person beside them they never heard of, or they just remember a jingle or something from a, from a commercial. You know, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, find out about uh, particular candidates regarding certain races. You go online. Um, you, I tell you, the uh, the League of Women Voters they put out a wonderful voting guide um, every year mm-hmm. that gives you the education for the candidate, whether the person has prior experience, what some of the issues are relative to their platform. Now, and I, I know that you have to also have your major issues in your mind. And sometimes they'll coincide, and you're able to reconcile the two, and that person may or may not be still your, your, your selection. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, there, there are always materials out there about a candidate. If you wait until Election Day 
uh, you're probably going to, to miss the mark uh, regarding an education concerning the candidates. All right, mm-hmm. so that's the first step. The second step is to avoid shutting down a particular candidate uh, because you, you, you dislike, like, one thing about them. Um, you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes you'll hear people say, well, you know, that person was good until they said X, Y, and Z. Or that person doesn't support this or that. If you do that, I think you will be doing something that you don't do in any other area of your life. How many people um, divorce their spouses because there's one thing in their spouse's relationship or their lives that they don't like? Or they quit their job because there's some element of the job that is uh, uh, not satisfactory. We don't. We, We just don't quit. We just don't make decisions about people generally based on one thing. You know, we look at the whole of what's happening and we decide uh, to either do or not do something because of the whole of the matter and not half of the matter. And, uh, and I'm telling you now, if, if, if our marriages were based on uh, liking everything and agreeing to about everything and agreeing with everything regarding our spouses, um, we'd be in trouble. And I'm speaking the truth here. So, so don't apply it when it comes to these political candidates, that because you don't agree with one or two things that they just don't support or uh, that, that you don't see eye to eye on, that you're just going to write them off. Um, that, that's nonsense. And there's some people who, believe it or not, G, who stay away from the polls or they will skip over the box and not vote at all in that particular category or for that particular race because, like, the candidate – I don't know, you know, puts his or her, like, you know, part in their hair on the right rather than the left. Oh, I don't like that. You know, or, you know, ah, they're wearing a yellow tie. Uh, you know what, man? Uh, you know, red ties say that, you know, you're confident, you got power, and you can lead. So ah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, it's stupid. Cut it out. Look at a person as a whole and not just on some minuscule picky on, picky on issue. Next, don't <laughs> candidate because you like them. Just because you like them. They sound nice. Oh, he's a preacher. I mean, that is like a recipe for disaster. And President Obama, former President Obama, addressed that this weekend. And he talked about Herschel Walker. He said, you know what, man? Don't vote for this guy just because he was a great football player. That is not what we're bringing him on to do. You know? And, and you, wouldn't, you wouldn't vote for me to play on the Georgia Bulldogs football team as a fallback. You know, I'd get creased. They would blow me away if I lined up in the backfield. You know, that's not what I do. So, you know, don't look at someone because, like, they, 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 they sound nice, they look nice, they have a nice walk, or they're, they're handsome, or, or she's pretty. Like, don't vote for people just because of those, those, those superficial face facial, and sometimes irrelevant factors that they bring to the race. All right, so let me stop right there because, man, I think you're getting ready to start uh, asking me a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> well, I know you're scolding me on some of this <laughs> based on our conversation yesterday. But anyway, I, you know, I mean, I, the, the, and, and I have to say this, you, you, you cannot compare the um, – 
<laughs> the person in the election to, to my spouse or, or, you know, that type of situation. That, but people do. People that, do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. well. No, but you know what? There's really, like you said, you can't wait till the last minute. Even if you do, I mean, that's not, we're not advising, but there's really no excuse. Just for the simple reason, it's just, it's just not like going, having to go to the library or to go and pick up a newspaper and, and you know, try to do all this kind of homework or calling a bunch of people. I mean, all of that is good. But, I mean, the there are avenues to find out more information about people. And, and I want to say this. Don't just look at their website because they're going to make themselves look good, as good as possible. Amen. I mean, it's a Amen. good way to get a little bit of information. So, yeah, go, go, but then go check some other things out, you know, Google, uh, search their name, you know, see if there's anything about, let's say, their, their church affiliation or their community affiliations or, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, look and just put in their name and put in, you know, go to the news category, see if there have been any um, uh, incidents that have occurred that they've been involved in, because those will come up as well. You know, so you just, you have to be thorough. You know, you've got to, you have to put some value on your vote. And I think that's one of the things we just don't put enough value on our votes. You know, we we don't we don't Agreed. think they're worth anything, and we have to we have to treat it as um, something that's uh, worth something that someone has to earn. I was talking um, to my husband uh, and, and about being uh, I'm nonpartisan. Uh, I wasn't always, but in recent years I became nonpartisan, and I believe you know, and even if it, if I'm in a party, I still believe that. The person that is running, that's trying to get your vote, they need to earn it. It's worth something, you know. You don't just give away your your uh, your um, your your number on the ballot, you know. Your where you know how if you're um, voting, you know they want your numbers, and that's that's basically what it is. It's a numbers game, you know. But you your number is important. And you've got to hold fast to that that importance and make whoever that wants your number in their column work for it. You know, I agree. You can't be lazy I agree. About I don't it. think we need to be unreasonable though about that. Um, okay. Because sometimes you know we, we you know we set these unreasonable standards for these politicians, and it's it's just nonsense. And we stay away mm-hmm. from the polls, or we'll vote for another person because of our unreasonableness that we don't even use as a standard in any other area in our lives. Even the food we eat, you know, we don't, we're not that critical about the restaurants we go to or the cars we drive. You know, we'll, mm. we'll make those decisions at the drop of a hat. You know, but when it comes to politicians, mm. you know, we're acting like, you know, we're the, we're the sentinels at the gate, you know, you know mm. like, you know, letting people in heaven. You know, like, yeah. like let's keep it let's keep it reasonable and and some, put some perspective on it. Yeah, but I mean, let's go back to what you were talking about selecting uh, things to eat. Why, why do you think uh, <laughs> why do you think we have bigger people in our society now where um, airplane seats don't fit anymore and and cars have to be wider and all that type of stuff? We you know we have we are living with the consequences of making poor decisions, whether it comes down to politicians or, you know, the the food that you put on the table. 
in front of you and you what you decide to eat. But anyway, we're get, <laughs> got a little bit off track, but we're going to take a quick break. We are here with champion civil rights attorney Kevin Anderson of Anderson and & Welch. We're going to talk about issues, more issues that we think you should consider when you are selecting your candidates during this election season. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here with civil rights attorney Kevin Anderson of Anderson and & Welch. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. So, um, Kevin, let's, let's go back to you were talking about things that are and aren't in your wheelhouse. And I wanted to find out what – in, in your cases or in, you know, any, anything that you're involved with, let's say, in the community, what are some of the things that you come up against that you say, well, if this person was in office, this might be a little different, or because that person is in office that this is happening? Um, are there particular issues that you are concerned about when, you, when we come out on the other side of this election? Well, it depends on the office that we're, we're referencing, uh, particularly okay. when it comes to a prosecutor. Uh, there are uh, elections that deal uh, with uh, prosecutors, and, and I'm talking about the state attorney, not you know, the uh, assistant mm-hmm. state attorneys who are working the cases in our, in our courtrooms. Uh, prosecutors will uh, make uh, decisions about uh, things like uh, stand your ground. Uh, those mm-hmm. are um, uh, cases that involve the ability to use force to meet force or a force when a person is uh, uh, in reasonable fear for their safety um, involving uh, things that could result in bodily injury or death. Um, We saw a a trend for a while of uh, people uh, using that particular ground immunity statute to uh, hurt people and, and to kill people. Um, you know, we, we had the Sanford incident uh, where um, a young uh, boy was, was killed, uh, you know, and um, his uh, killer was uh, released. He was found not guilty uh, here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got shootings that are taking place um, um, based on that. So prosecutors make decisions about, like, who to uh, prosecute and, and who not to prosecute or if they prosecute, how they're going to prosecute a person. Um, so um, that's one of those offices that we need to keep our, our um, you know, our, our eye on. Judges. Mm-hmm. Judges make important decisions. And, uh, yep. you know, they are in these positions of, uh, of power, both at the county and the circuit court level. Um, and uh, they're able to short circuit nonsense out the gate. They're, they're able to set a trend. Or, or the the momentum in that particular division where the person uh, the judge is uh, presiding, so that it's understood that if you bring that in here, this is likely going to be the outcome. And you know, as a trial lawyer, I'll tell you, can read the river, and prosecutors can read the river when a case lands in a division and you have a history for that particular judge. You kind of know where the case is going to go if the judge gets his or her hands on the matter. 
So uh, mm-hmm. the, the office of a judge, that, that is a, that is a, a big deal. Um, your, your local uh, congresspeople, um, and I'm talking about at the state legislatures, uh, these individuals have an enormous impact on your quality of life. And, um, and there are, like, so many of these people in races that um, are in the various districts that are carved up in Florida until um, you really have to focus on your little, little piece of the, of the earth there to find out, well, who is our guy? You know, if, if you pull out your, your, your voter card, you're going to see that, you, that the card is divided into a number of areas. And just, you know, like use that as a beginning legend to kind of move back and to see, well, wow, like this person is going to be in Tallahassee, you know, either at the congressional or, or at, the, well, at the Senate or the House making these decisions. Hmm. Um, I think those are big, big races. Um, you've got certain things in your area uh, that pertain to um, – um, issues that are important. For example, like here, we've got a, a school board race. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, the school districts are divided into two controversial areas uh, that are high need and uh, low, uh, um, low performance uh, areas for students. And um, those areas are, it's important that we put in a representative who is going to keep that in mind and it's going to make some choices, you know, regarding what we do. Because let me tell you, critical race theory, the truth, is on mm. the ballot. And mm. it's on the ballot because you've got people who are in a position to do things in the classroom or at the policymaking level that will to erode that particular um, concept. Um, and uh, that is one of those things that I think you should be looking at with respect to a candidate. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very involved in a, a, a runoff race here in uh, Palm Beach County with respect mm-hmm. to uh, the candidates who uh, are going to be placed on uh, the school board uh, because this is an issue. This, you know, the academic freedom of the, of, of the teachers to be able to go into a classroom and to run that classroom as he or she sees fit and to speak what they believe should be spoken and not what the bureaucracy says that they have to speak. Um, so um, that's a big deal, these school board races. You know, now, people don't take the time to learn who the candidates are in those particular races. And I'm telling you right now, the people who are impacted are you and me, the, you know, the brown and black citizen whose child is going to be put in a position where because you didn't vote, they are now subjected to decisions by people who do. Um, let, me ask, enough, G. Let, let me ask you a question, because something that you brought up about um, teachers being able to, to teach what, you know, how they want to in the classroom. Now, if I have a child, I have a concern that my child might be indoctrinated in a way that um, we don't, you know, we don't teach at home that we don't believe in in our households. Um, shouldn't there be some sort of system of checks and balances in terms of what is taught in the classroom? Um, shouldn't, I mean, shouldn't, if you want to talk about agency, shouldn't there be some sort of maybe agency or agencies that come together bringing, 
you know, represent, uh, you know, well-rounded representation of um, parents and um, administrators and and teachers. So, you know, and and also people that uh, provide curriculum or or provide textbooks for the students. Now, I know we're supposed to have these lovely PTAs, but I mean, come on. We we half of our well, I shouldn't say I can't say half but we have uh, more than our fair share of parents that don't or can't go to these meetings you know but maybe there should be uh, somebody that represents them to to deal with some of these issues because like I said I mean I, I probably would be concerned if someone was teaching certain things that you know in my household. You know, and I'm, because that means I'm going to have a fight with my child in terms of, you know, you know how kids are. Well, they said in school this, that, and the other. You know, I'm trying to lay down the law in terms of what's supposed to go on in my own household. And if I have someone that's contradictory in the classroom, there's going to be a problem. I agree with the concept that you're speaking about. But in practice, our executive leadership in this state is telling everyone, we have done that for you. Don't even try it. Established curriculum. And there are published limitations uh, to uh, going outside of that curriculum, which is uh, something that does not account for the critical race theory, as you and I would like those concepts and precepts to be presented to children in the classroom. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's there. But we don't have a balance. What we need is a balance between yeah. these, these educational issues and also academic freedom in the classroom because we've got students who need to learn and know the truth without yes. um, uh, it being diluted or uh, being excluded. And we mm-hmm. have educational professionals who are there trying to convey the truth to students, and they're being told not to do so. And in some instances, now they're being sued if they exceed those restrictions that are being imposed on them. And, honey, they're not making any money. Teachers don't get paid no. enough no. to go through that crap. I'm sorry. I, it's a problem. And I'm just going to say it right now. It's because teaching, for the most part, is a female-dominated profession. If these were men teaching they wouldn't have it. They would get paid better. These teachers would be mm-hmm. uh, given rights, which are tantamount to union rights for real, and mm-hmm. we wouldn't have this nonsense going down. You know, you look at, like, fire, you look at policing, those are male-dominated professions or occupations. They get paid mm-hmm. out the wazoo, and they have, like, retirement programs that don't require these people to get another job when they retire. You know, it's nothing to go into a bar to get a, something to, to drink or to go into a restaurant and to have a teacher walk over to you and take your order because you've got to take a second job. Or to go to Dillard's mm-hmm. Macy's to go buy a suit or a pair of shoes, and that teacher is there working because to make ends meet, this is what has to occur. Um, teachers need to make more money, you know, and I think that a part of that academic suppression is because teachers are being victimized due in part to this, this, this sexist, ideology regarding, like, who they are in those classrooms. You know, it's, it's – and you know, what, you know what the big problem is. The big problem with this whole 
God, critical race theory. I, it's just I don't I don't even like the name. But you know the whole problem is that you don't people don't want to hear the truth. People think it, that children can't handle bad news. Okay, and I think that, that you have to give children the truth in context that they can in a context that they can understand it. You know, you just don't just say, oh, no, you know, it didn't happen like that. You know, it happened like that. It was unfortunate. We learned from our mistakes and we grow and move on because that's just life in general anyway. You know, that's the way you're supposed to do. You, you, you know, things happen. Mistakes are made. You learn from the mistakes. You go, you, you keep going and you use those lessons, you know, to get you through to the next phase of life that's just it we got to stop you know but with, with this whole thing against uh critical race theory or everything you know no one wants to hear that yeah we have an ugly past as a country you know uh, we have we have ugly past as a country you know a lot of our religious institutions they have ugly past um educational institutions they have ugly past our systems have ugly past you know, there's good and bad. There's no all the way good or all the way bad. Understood. The, the now, now I, I almost, people. yeah, that's yeah. true. And that, Go I, ahead. I think that is one of the principal reasons why the uh, uh, the critical race theory is, is limited or diluted. Not only that. Um, the, the whole uh, characterization of the truth being critical race theory is beginning to be demonized and weaponized, uh, similar to the concept of defunding the police, whereby it has this negative connotation, and it, it's this moniker now that's being tossed around in order to uh, be derogatory with respect to its very concepts. So, um, but the fact of the matter is that when you learn the truth, the truth sets you free, and the truth mm-hmm. puts you in a position where, like, now you know what happened, and, and now you understand that what people are saying about you or saying about your history is a lie. And now I can stand up and hold my head up, man, and, you know, tighten up my belt, you know, and, and shake mm-hmm. the dust off me so that, like, I can move on because all this time, man, you, all this time I was thought about this, I was, you thought about me like this, and this is not really what I am or where I came from? Like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. hold on. Yeah, it, it empowers you, and it gives you confidence, and with that confidence, you become competitive. And with that competition, sometimes you win, and you win more and more and more, and that winning is what this whole suppression is all about. Stopping mm-hmm. winning. For sure. I, I think about some things that my mom used to say. I won't go into it, but it's basically about – um, you know, what you do, what you can do, what you usually do when you have to have an opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. when you're given mm-hmm. an opportunity, you know, and especially if you're hungry for it, you excel, you know, mm-hmm. for the most Amen. part. Yeah. Amen. So, so that, yeah. that's what it's all about. That's in, in, its, in its underpinning. It's about stopping you from seeing that, like, man, you can, you can do things because everything is said about you from the beginning or a lot of it is, is not accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, let me kind of move on here because you asked me to point out sure. some things that I think people should be thinking about. 
So we talked yes, about sir. critical race theory. Uh, and um, another thing is police reform. Uh, we cannot let a, a, uh, a candidate slip through the cracks uh, who doesn't at least have that on their mind. Uh, we have a number of things happening, like excessive force. That is a big deal. Uh, people are being shot down in our streets. People are being uh, taken into custody uh, in a manner that's uh, um, unreasonable. And I think that um, folks need to have a politician um, to the extent that their office is one that is uh, capable of addressing these issues, who understands that the Fourth Amendment is um, alive and well, and it, it's for our best interest. And when we have violations uh, in the constitutional context of uh, the Fourth Amendment, that they will be addressed. So um, that's a big deal, looking to see whether they understand that the Fourth Amendment is not this, this, this uh, idea that doesn't have legs and isn't alive, that it's a real fluid concept in our, in our, in our culture. Um, the, uh, the First Amendment, that is another thing that should be on the minds of, uh, of individuals who are looking at a candidate who can impact your ability to speak and to uh, assemble. Uh, you know, we've mm-hmm. had an attack on those rights recently to, uh, again, under our current administration, uh, to criminalize getting together a purpose of protesting. And, for the and when you say our current administration, you mean our current state administration, correct? I'm talking about the, um, the state administration here in Florida. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm not talking about the Biden administration. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for, um, you know, magnifying that because that could have been totally taken out of context. Um, but it's <laughs> okay. Um, you know, there was a problem, you know, two or three people getting together and resulting in an arrest without necessarily a probable cause analysis and uh, then uh, bail being restricted or, or, or uh, not afforded to the arrestee until like the next day. And uh, that had a chilling effect on the willingness uh, of groups to get together to protest or to at least address lawfully uh, things that should be addressed, should be addressed, like, you know, the no justice, no peace rallies that we saw and things that were mm-hmm. happening, you know, around the George Floyd uh, killing, things that were happening around the Breonna Taylor killing. Um, these are things that, that could not have happened. So the amendment security is a big deal. To be able to say what I need mm-hmm. to say, you know, don't, you know, don't censor me. Uh, those are issues that if your candidate is in a position to, to address, you need to understand what they want and what they don't want. Uh, that, that's a pretty big thing there. Um, political violence. Let me, let me go to that, okay? Uh, because political violence seems to be the order of the day. And it seems to be mm-hmm. now the, the medicine that certain people are trying to serve up to stop uh, folks from voting and to stop folks from being active in the political process. Uh, ballot box issues. You know, apparently, like people think it's okay to hang out at the ballot box with guns and uh, to hang out at the ballot box with an ominous presence to make you feel like you better not do the wrong thing when you approach this ballot box, or you better only have mm. like one or two, or X, Y, and Z is going to happen. That, that has a chilling mm. effect on people. Now, mm-hmm. I live in South Florida, but there are people in 
other parts of Florida that aren't as, like, kind of protected. The boxes are in these desolate areas because, understand this, a lot of the boxes move, you know, and the, some of the boxes, like, have been removed to a point mm-hmm. where they are limited. So in these rural areas where you've got, you know, people going to the, the ballot box alone, it can be an intimidating thought that you might be met by someone who doesn't want you to put anything in that box. Um, you talk about um, political violence. Um, January 6th was political violence. Mm-hmm. And that was an all-out assault on the highest form of government at our capital. And understand that if people will assemble to do that, they will do – that was not a secret. That was not something that just kind of came up overnight and all of a sudden folks just coincidentally met at a certain location. That was orchestrated. And it is still out there. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. And the political candidate has to have the courage to deal with that issue because mm-hmm. that is not over yet. Uh, look no. at uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband. Pelosi's husband. I was just week. thinking about that. Yes. Absolutely. That is That's insane. Insane. And thank God her husband had the, uh, and for people who don't know, because there are folks who, who probably are going, who, what, what happened? What happened? All right. So Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of, of the House uh, and the U.S. Congressional House, the Congress, the House mm-hmm. you know, of Congress. And her husband uh, was in his home when an individual came to the house. Uh, the person's name is David DePop or DePape. And this individual went inside the house and held Mr. Pelosi um, against his will and Where's Nancy? was at, actually Where's looking Nancy? for Nancy. Right. Yes. He, he likes her. <laughs> Looking for her, you know, and and, and I, I like your 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 that, that voice over there. Like, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? <laughs> and so, you know, her husband had the presence of mind to kind of mm-hmm. fake that he was going to go to the bathroom, and he went to the bathroom, and his phone was charging in the bathroom, and so he was able to open the line for nine one one, and they heard what was going on, and that he wasn't coming back to the phone. So when the police conducted a welfare check, they got there. And this idiot, and not, not Nancy Pelosi's husband, but this guy who was holding him, decided this was the move. This was the moment when he was going to, like, you know, hurt her husband. So he takes this hammer that he brought in and starts hitting him in the head with it. And, uh, you know, he the, yeah. obviously I mean, he didn't kill him, but he hurt him pretty no bad. No joke. Yeah, skull yeah, fracture. He hurt him pretty bad. Yeah, he, yeah in yeah. the hospital. Yeah. And, and this guy, this guy has, uh, now we know, uh, been uh, a target for these uh, conspiracy theories regarding the 2020 election. And also, he was on the radar for some participation, at least verbally, uh, with the uh, January 6th violence that happened at our nation's capital. And this guy has also uttered threats, political threats, in the past. So mm-hmm. political violence is something that is, is now uh, what's on the table. And we have to be vigilant about that. And if there's a candidate who's in a position who can deal with policies and who can deal with uh, what's necessary to address this type of violence, 
you want to make sure that you at least understand that they are willing to do so. Okay, but now, and we don't have enough time to discuss this, so we're going to have to discuss this at, a, at another time. But, you know, we talked about, the, you know, who's going to preserve the freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff, but then you have people who kind of abuse it. Uh, so, Kevin, where do you draw the line, man? It, I, I don't know that you do. You can say what you want to say, as long as what you're saying isn't uh, uh, a fighting word to evoke immediate violence. Um, you know, I, I'm really reluctant to stop people from saying what they want to say because I want to say what I want to say. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, you say what you want. yeah, yeah. So you want to say what you want. Just as, remember what we used to say: just don't put your hands on me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, there's something else we got to get into later because I want to know. I want to know um, how do how do we sit in our cars and eat a hamburger and not get uh, shot? That's what I want to know. Not get shot. I don't know, man. You might want to, you know, go through the drive-thru and take it home. No. <laughs> but That's man, a discussion for another day. If you all don't know about that story, you need to look up the, the young man that got shot sitting in his car eating a hamburger by a police officer who is no longer, uh, well, former police officer now. So. Yep. Anyway, yep. Kevin. You, you got to come back Don't shut me down yet. Don't shut me down oh, yet. Oh, okay. Man, quickly, quickly. You go, seen go. It, go see Till. Till. The, the Medgar Evers story. Okay? T-I-L-L. You've heard of it, I'm sure. Till. Correct? Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, all right. I, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm doing some campaign Emmett stuff, Till. but I am going. Emmett Till. Well, Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. No, but it's no movie called Till. Yeah. Till. yeah. Yes, but, yeah, it's about. I said Medgar Evers. No, 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 no. It's it's Emmett Till. It's Till. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And okay. go see the Woman King. <laughs> so, I have to do a plug for Woman King. So, but thank you. We got you. Got to come back soon. We got to have you back because there's stuff we got to talk about still. But appreciate your it. input. All right. Take care. Be well. And thank you okay. all for you listening. And this has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, D. Be well, be safe, be blessed. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Go get some gas now. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.